All right. Hey, welcome, folks. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, I know I told you last time that it was the best episode ever, and it was. But uh, today, unfortunately, we're going to have to break that record yet again. Oh, yeah. Yet again. Today is the it's best be record ever. I've got I've got with me one of the most exciting and most fun guests I've ever had. You Would you like to say hello? Hello. That's right, folks. I've got Michelle <laughs> Balducci. It's one of my favorite people in the world. I told you when I started this thing that my goal was to have... My favorite people on people that I find interesting and I want to bring them on to have fun conversations where I get to learn more about them, where they get to learn more about me, where my friends get to learn more about both of us. Well, today is the epitome of that. Today we've got Michelle Balducci. Michelle, say wow, hi. I'm to honored. Folks. I'm honored. Um, hello, beautiful listeners. I'm so excited to meet you and <laughs> share some things. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. So Michelle, for those of you, so a lot of you listening will will know my story with Michelle. We'll know how she and I met. But for those of you who don't. How do they know that? Well, they will, if in theory, Oh, after the show. Uh, well, no. What I meant, <laughs> oh. what I meant was, it's possible that the, that the particular listener could be one of the individuals who happens to know yours and my story of how we met and so forth, mm. right? And so I was trying to give a little bit of credence to the idea that maybe a lot of like common friends of ours or, or whatever listen to the show. Really, what happens is that there's tens of millions of listeners that li- I, I don't have any way of sorting between them, and so I just try to like humanize myself with them. And it, it's a difficult thing. All right. So can you just go ahead and bear with that? While, yes. Yeah. I'm I do bearing. my introduction. Yeah. Thanks. Jesus Christ. No, Michelle's one of my favorite people. I told you guys starting out, I want to do, I want to do inter- conversations with people that I find awesome and interesting. Michelle is very close to the top of that list. I don't want to say top of that list because I don't, so don't want to make her head too big, but she's way up there. And I'm so happy to have her on. Thank you so much for being here, Michelle. Michelle, um, wh- uh, wh- what's going on like right now? I mean, I've got, yeah, I've got a list of questions that my producers gave me for you, but I, let's just open it up. What's going on? In my life currently? Sure. Yeah. I mean, what's up with you? What do you want to talk about? <sighs> okay. Um, currently, I am... Um, studying for a French exam that is self-imposed and I am uh, taking a web development class so I'm doing both of those things simultaneously those are that's all self-inflicted damage yes on top of my now the French exam you're talking about is something I'm sort of familiar with I assume you're talking about the Delph exam ah yes it is the Delph it is like an international rubric that says you know how to speak a certain language it's like a widely accepted uh, a widely accepted standard for your ability to communicate with using the French language exactly And and you're taking it for what reason I am attempting in some way to make my way to France in 2022, 2023. And my goal is to immerse myself in the language. And I thought the best way to do that would be to either take some type of class over there or to get a job over there. And so in order to do that, you have to prove your language level. So it also um, aligns with like bucket list goal of wanting to know French anyway. Has this been like a long time thing for you, this idea of like one of these days I'm going to end up in France? Because that is, uh, for the listeners out there, that is kind of how Michelle and I met, is that we sort of stumbled into the same French language class together and became friends after that. And we've, we've got a history together after that. But originally, that's how we met. Is that, was that your original impetus for beginning your French language study? 
No, I actually, in a past life, AKA 10 years ago, uh, (laughs) used to be an architect. So I went to school for architecture, worked as an architect, and in college I did an internship in Paris where I worked at an architecture firm. And that kind of like reignited my love of French. Ironically, no one spoke French to me at all in that internship. It was like all English all the this time. This is redhead girl. She has the orange hair. She does not want to talk French with us. Uh, she has to do the bricks and the mortar and the... Exactly. And they, what they said to you? Um, no, they told me I was a femme fatale. Oh shit! But in a loving way, it was oh, a good, it was a compliment. I'm sure it actually was the like most like adorable compliment I've ever been given. C'était génial quand ils quand ils vous ont les dit. What, what would they say? Was it real nice when they said that to you? Yes, he, they meant it like um, like a powerful, entrancing woman. Wow! I mean, it directly translates to. Was this? Fatal woman. <laughs> you are murderous. You are yeah, a, but they don't mean it like that. They mean it like tue. in a good way. Like you're dying in a good way. <laughs> you would mur- you would murder people just because you're awesome. Um. Well, because I wanted to be their friend. About how old at this time? Or yeah, I don't want to get too too personal. But I was 19, so I was very bouncy. I was quite right. bouncy then. And you went to Paris. What? Mm-hmm. How? Okay, so maybe maybe we fast forward a little bit. You so at that. Let's say at that time, how much uh, study had you had in the French language? Enough just to go and get by? These are great questions. So I had taken French in high school and I had a nun who was my teacher, Sister Judy, and she was Pastor Prime. That's all I'm going to say. Shout out Sister Judy. She's fabulous, but past her prime. Okay. So she was not a very strict teacher. She was very loose. Oh, okay. There there were some instances where I may or may not have cheated on a test or five or all of them. It's not cheating if Sister Judy said okay. She literally watched us do it. And Honey, why don't you go ahead and just look it up on your little iPhone? There? Yeah. So why don't you just type it in on your little iPhone and you're going to be. So I commonly think that this is karma. Like I could have learned so much in high school if I had applied myself, but then I didn't. And then later in life, I fell in love with the language and I'm like killing myself to learn it. And isn't that funny? It's a little funny. It's ironic is what you're saying. Yeah, it kind of is. That's fey. That's definitely fey. Yeah. Like I was meant to learn it and I had a chance early in life and then I didn't. Oh, that's, yeah, that's classic irony, which I think happens to a lot of people, right? You had the opportunity, you- Like the one that got away. But that, that happens in lots of heroes' journey kind of stories, mm-hmm. right? You had the opportunity to do it the right way the first time. You you totally rejected didn't. that, but the rejection of that was sort of your impetus to, le- to, 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 to depart upon the journey where you have to sort of overcome your overcome your bad decisions and whatever. I mean, that's a great, that's a great story. Yeah. But you fucked up because mother, what was her name? Mother Teresa? Is it Sister Judy. Oh yeah, I thought that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Sister Judy's like, why don't you come over here and have one of these, one of these caramels? And No, she had a crepe day. That's actually why I chose French over any other language. Because it was creped out? She had many crepe days. (laughs) It was like literally days where we made French pastries, and that is why I chose that language. What do you want to do today, <laughs> sister? And she's like, oh, let's just do crepes again. I don't remember. Yeah, and it, honestly, it was brilliant. People can be motivated by multiple things. Why? So, okay, all right. Food. So, and now I'm still trying to find exactly what it was that hooked you on the French language so much to get you 
overseas, first of all, to Paris. Uh, are we are we in the middle of a gray area here, or is there a serial story being involved here? Because I've heard how you had uh, a teacher who just made you crepes, and that made you like French. Yeah. I heard about you being in France. Mm-hmm. Are we missing some steps? Um, It was, we had to choose an international internship um, for the program that I was in in college at KU, and the options were pretty straightforward for me it was like a no-brainer it was like germany france or china and i was like uh hello obviously obviously china Uh, china would have been really cool (laughs) but i didn't i i just my soul wasn't drawing me there okay so i don't want to beat this up too much but you're saying no so you went to school in ku yeah okay Part of the department, part of the degree program that you were involved in, in the department you were involved in at KU, part of that was, part of the tuition is that you do a European abroad, like study abroad? It was the first year they had implemented this and it wasn't a study abroad. Like, please believe we were working. It was like a legit internship. Yeah, it was like, yeah, 400 euro a month. They have, we, we, have lots, we have lots of unoccupied poles over here, and we need you to pole dance on them, and the United States students are very much looking for the money. So that sounds that. very German. I didn't choose that option. What's the other one? You, I, the French. I only France. know a couple of accents. Do the French one. Right, give me a second to think about it. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if I could do it. Could you do it on the spot? It's tough. I need a second. To I think I would default to German because you just did it. Jacques Pepin. So it does, uh, there's a lot of, so this time, okay, you can still have the z, okay, so this time if the young ladies want to, no, that's not there, oh, dude, we'll have to come we're gonna back ha- to Yeah, it. I was going to say, we're going to have to give it a break. We're, we're going to have to revisit it. All right, folks, thanks for putting up with this. Keep telling your story. Oh, I just decided in this moment that I had to tell you something great about my internship. Please do. So every day I walked to work um, when I was working at this uh, architecture firm, and it was like very designy and very cool. Like if you were an architect, you would think it was cool. You mean because the layout of the building and the people that work there and the, oh, the you're culture? Funny. Or... No, because they did cool projects. Oh, well, okay. their projects were cool. <laughs> when you said it was cool, I just imagined it being like the cool Lego building with waterfalls in the background. Okay, so you meant cool for actual engineering cool reasons. The shit they do. Should they do was bona fide, bona fide cool. Yes. But my favorite part about working there was visiting this very fat orange cat every day on the way to work. It um, lived in this flower shop that was like on my walk and it was super fat and orange and it was always there and I petted it every day and I loved it. And it was the, it was next to also a shop that sold tiny smeg refrigerators. What's a smeg refrigerator? Are you serious? Well, what the fuck is a smeg Oh my god, it, they're amazing. They're like retro refrigerators, but made today. Is it important enough for me to Google it right now? Um, at some point, I would Google it. You don't have to Google <laughs> it right now, but just picture a retro refrigerator, but with all the modern conveniences yeah. of not lighting on fire with and the ability to change the temperatures inside. Maybe no, or not that modern. It just the... looks old, but like you maybe. can plug it in, and like it's great. So that's a smeg. They also make toasters. You got obsessed with a smeg. I have a smeg now. <laughs> it might be because it was next door to the orange cat and I spent so much time looking at it. Was the orange cat... Um, you're talking that? about an orange cat that it was a living cat. 
that would regularly sit in the same spot and you would walk by and give it a little like a fake little like a hey buddy like a little snuggy snug hey buddy yeah it was the highlight of my day oh every day that cat's probably still alive probably yeah and i (laughs) that's actually when i realized i didn't want to be an architect now were these things <laughs> now my audience wants to know. I have a lot of loyal listeners here. They want to know. Was the your decision to change career paths was related or not related to the cat? Or these or the, were oh. these things just concurrent? No, 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 no. Not related to the okay. cat. Very good. The cat was a joyous event that happened on my journey of discovery that I don't want to be an architect. And architecture was a miserable event that would happen for the next for the following eight hours each day on your journey is that what you're saying (sighs) miserable is a very strong (laughs) word i try not to be miserable but um but uh yeah it just made me realize if i'm working at a firm an architecture firm in paris that does really cool design work and i still don't find it super interesting this is not what like this is like the epitome of whatever a u.s architect would want to do And I was like, if I'm still not liking it and I'm not like being drawn to this and I'm more excited about petting the orange cat and going to my ballet (laughs) class after school, like, you know, that that told me something. I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. And so uh, so how far along through life were you at this point? Let's say at right now you're balls deep in life. (laughs) I was like really deep in it. You were BDL. Your yeah, ball, ball I was like, life? there's oh, five years shit. in the degree, and I was in my fifth year. So I was like real, real, real into it. And wow. So would you say, now here's a question, and I like to ask this question, not to torture you, but specifically because uh, the average person who might be listening might very much be, there's probably a lot of people at a, of a certain age that are in a situation, perhaps similar to one that would intersect with some version, some portion of your your history that you've described thus far. Mm-hmm. People who maybe started a degree program or something and they're not feeling so psyched about it. What what do you think was the sort of the straw that broke the camel's back for you that let that led you to the idea that maybe this isn't what I want to do, even though you've invested a lot into it, even though maybe your parents or some people in your past are hoping that you're going to succeed. You, you 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 decided to say to yourself, hey, if this isn't what I want, I might need to go a different direction. Can you describe that process? Yeah, I had always done what you're supposed to do. I had an internship every summer after school. I, you know, talked to all the right people, like was in all the right organizations for my um, degree. But at a certain point, aka when I was in Paris, I realized that oh shit I did all the right things I went to all the right you know clubs I did all the internships I was supposed to do and now I'm in this like epitome of an architecture job and I'm petting the cat and that's my favorite part of the You're day preferring to pet the cat yeah. than to actually show up to work and do what, yeah. what you sort and, of yeah your, and it was what just, was once your dream job you're now going to going eh maybe it's not hell but I'd rather pet the cat yeah or you know go to like activities after work or something like that and it also was a big realization because I had always dreamed that I would want to live abroad I always thought oh my god I want to live in Europe or whatever other country and instantly I I don't know probably like a month into it I realized 
no, I just want to visit other places. Mm -hmm. Like I love my family. I love my roots. Um, I am a home person or, you know, like I want to explore and do different stuff, but this is not for me. And I've been so great that like I saved so much time. Can you imagine like getting another job in another country, moving your whole entire life? Like I was only there for six months. I had two suitcases that I was unable to carry in the airport. That was it. That's what I took over there. And um, yeah, had I like not done that I would have taken a job overseas and moved my whole life over there to then in a couple of months figure this out and then have to figure out like oh shit what do I do now <laughs> be terrible. So, so would you say that you recommend would you recommend to the average person diving in to try that thing you you think you want to do knowing there's a possibility that it might not be the thing that you want to do and that you end up saying fuck it or do you think, what do you think? What do you think about your experience? What does your experience tell? Other like um, enterprising individuals that want to kind of dive out, reach out and try something new. I mean, that's a very scary thing to do. That's a very brave thing to do, to dive overseas and just kind of jump into, and you just you, you came to the, the, un, the unlikely conclusion that you don't even like it and still kind of survive. Would you still recommend that for other people? Uh, yeah. 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 I think everything you do, everything you try, like shapes who you are. It's part of your journey, what you're supposed to do. So, I mean, I would have spent more time had I done it a different way, but you know, I would definitely recommend it. I've never regretted anything that I've done. Never regretted a single thing. Now I got to go down. Okay. Okay. Ah, okay. I have one regret. My one regret is kind not of hilarious. Doing the, not doing the podcast sooner. I know. No, that is for sure actually a regret. <laughs> Two regrets. But my second regret would be, and it's kind of, it's going to sound so silly, but no, it won't. It's going to sound it's okay. going to sound human. It's going to be awesome. Okay, so one of my friends did rowing in college, and it never occurred to me that I could do a college sport. It like just never did. I thought, oh, you had to have you had to be like an awesome sauce person. You feel like you got you you should have had to get a or a, a, a like what do they call it a scholarship? A scholarship. <laughs> yeah. What do you call it? You 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 feel like you should have already had to be awesome at it. Yeah, you like and and I'm it's not like, allowed to try this. I'm not good enough. I mean, and if it's like a super fancy school that's really good at whatever sport, yeah. like maybe right. that you, is the case. You're not going to walk onto the Alabama University of Alabama football team. Exactly. And that's what I thought every sport was like. And that is so not the case. I could have walked on to, you know, I don't know. Definitely the rowing team. Where'd you go to school? Mm, I went to two schools. I went to Drury University and then I went to KU. Okay. All right. So, and and were you talking about a particular one just now? As specifically oh, I was in talking that about KU. I don't yeah. think Drury had rowing. So KU, I assume probably like, so probably was, is, is division one in a lot of sports, but not necessarily in some, right? I have no idea. I just know that I would have loved to be like working out with a team on the water. Yeah. And that's like my one regret. So oh. now when I coach a high school cross country team and so I always tell the girls like go out for whatever sport you think you want to do in college yeah. because you'd be surprised that you can do it and you can probably you can be hang good at it. and you'll make some friends and if you hate it just quit and you're going to be awesome and it's going to be great and like there's no Nothing to, no regrets, just go and dive in. Yeah, and I love um, working out and, I don't know, being active. So it's like a fun way to do that. Like you're in a team, you're doing it together with lots of people. It's sort of like boot camp, but like it's a team. 
So what do you do now for what? I mean, like these days, I mean, you're still in great shape, obviously. So what do you, I mean, I think I know the answer, but what, maybe I'm wrong. What are you doing these days to stay fit? Are you working out with any sort of team? Um, well, I coach cross country, so I use that as an excuse <laughs> to work out. I like, um, most coaches don't do the workout with their team apparently. So I've heard from like other people. They, they got to smoke black and miles in the parking lot. Apparently this is like this like standing joke that like coaches are super out of shape and they like make you do a workout, but they don't do it. But I when do I was it. your age. Yeah, no, I totally do it. And I love doing it. So. You you enjoy the workout. Do you feel like you bond with the students, or is there now? This is this is kind of a tangent question, but when you're out there jogging the course and your other students are, you know, some amount ahead of you, some amount behind you, do you ever do you cluster up and like just chit chat for a little while, or is it more of like a chin down Dan, focus? You are not supposed. If you are talking, you're not running hard enough. If you're talking, you're walking. <laughs> yeah, I, and <laughs> please believe they are not super competitive. But no, I am personally not talking because I am taking it seriously because I know how hard it is Damn. to find a workout buddy to work out with you. So I'm taking it serious. Like I look forward to it. They kind of dread it because I think they're forced to do it. And I think later in life, when it's a choice, you like look forward to it. And you're like, oh, would I have done this intense of a thing if I was by myself? Answer, no. Wouldn't have. Dude, Wouldn't have imagine. done it. I can't imagine it. Dude, I remember doing suicide sprints for baseball and stuff. I was like, man. Do you do those now? I love how they call them suicide sprints. I was like, dude, I've never thought about suicide. But I was like, eh, I would think about it. But no, I'll just run these sprints instead. But uh, do I do suicide sprints now? To, yeah. In order to maintain my good, like how good I am at baseball so that I can keep it at the same level it was just when I was in, 13? Just in general. Just in general. Like, do you do them now on do your I own? Do I do suicide sprints now? Yeah. Um, let's see. Let me think. The last time I did a suicide sprint was when I was 13. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're not, if you're not with a group of people doing this super hard thing, you're just probably not going to do it. <laughs> I'm probably not yeah. going to do I'm probably not going to do suicide sprints by myself. That's a good point. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Oh my gosh. But, 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 well, but now hang on a second. You said that you keep yourself fit by keeping your chin down, not talking with anybody, and you go on the cross country runs by yourself. But this well, is, well, no, still, no, with the team. Sorry. I mean, you, you're kind of isolated as you go, though, right? I mean, you're not, you're not bonding. You're not having a social moment with your, with the, with good point. No, not while we're working out. But no. this is, of course, as a, I, I shouldn't, I should clarify. This is as a, uh, as a part of an organized, uh, an organized practice, an organized yes. event, right? Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so you are like personally isolated, but this is an organized thing. Does is there any different? If you were not a part of this team, mm-hmm. would you go out? This is kind of what you just asked me. Would you go out in your own neighborhood and do these torture exercises like you? Absolutely not. <laughs> I just wouldn't. You just wouldn't. It's like what we can mo- motivate each other, which so is then, what I try to tell them. Here's a question I got for you, and I, I don't want to cut off a thought you might have had, but. Wh- um, then why in the world do you voluntarily continue to be this coach of this team that that leads to you eventually having to do these torture exercises? I like pain, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, because I, I like pushing myself, yeah. and I think that's why I like to do it. I know I'm not going to do it on my own, and... So. Oh, and, you, and you're like, I don't want to be a bad role model for these students, and so I'm just going to come out here and work hard, and I'm not going to show them what failure looks like. I'm going to bust my butt each day yeah 
And uh, it's fun to be connected with like young people and know what they're about. Like it's not just for the workouts that I like to do it, but um, I like to know what's cool. I like to know the cool lingo. Yeah, like they like tell Faye. me, they tell me their tea, which means <gasps> their gossip. Tea? Their tea. That you means get to gossip. learn about their tea and like all the fun words that are things like Faye. I haven't heard of Faye. They oh, don't you're talk so about not Faye. cool. They don't right. talk about that. I only know what they talk about, and they haven't told me about that. Have they? Do you really think they let you in on all the cool stuff? Like, do you? F- they let me know on some of the cool stuff. Okay. <laughs> Probably not all of it. How much time a day does this occupy for you? Do you do you show up like kind of late in the afternoon, and you just catch them as they're getting out of class, and then you guys just go on a you coach them for a couple hours, and then you're done, or is this an all day thing? I I don't I really it's don't like, know. It's like it's uh, like two hours yeah, a day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. And but five days a week though during the season. It is. It's a sa- it's a labor of love. Now you said you've been doing it for five years. Five so, years. And this is the kind mm-hmm. of thing you you plan to return to for a number of years following. I am not sure. So I'm planning on trying to go to France next year. So I'm not sure if I'll do it next but year. They will probably have a different team. Oh, there. there you go. I found it. You just have you, to find it in the back. Oh, that was beautiful. It's in the back of your throat. You have to find the. Maybe they will have a team there, parfait. but it is not. Uh, it is not uh, cross country. It is uh, cross la France. It is the team de la France. Cross how do you la say, France. How do you say country in France? Isn't it Compagne? Le pays. Oh, Compagne. Est-ce que c'est le countryside? Yeah, c'est I think quelque they say chose that. De différent? Le pays. Je pense que c'est le pays. They don't say le pays. Oui, le pays comme l'Allemande ou la Bretagne ou la, la France. Oh, you're saying country. Les pays. Yeah, but non. I'm saying cross country. I think they say ah. Campania, something, something. We could look. We could look really quick. Let me just look. I found, hey, I was excited because I found it in my. No, in no, the, I the weird part am of my totally mind. impressed because I second. couldn't have come up with it. Michelle, what kind of what kind of uh, what kind of accents can you do? Um. Sometimes I can do a British accent. Get him. But I have heard that it's really bad. Well, I could do a really Brit- a bad British accent for you so that yours will always be better than mine. Oh, I kind of like yours, though. It's but mine's, very like, you're like a chimney sweep. Mine's not terrible, but it's like not the best one, of course. I've been leaving it open for you so you could have a much better one than mine. What's it like? Let's hear it. So, Dan, sometimes when I'm in the grocery line... Oh, it's terrific. Is it? Is it sort of really bad? I feel like it's really bad. No, it's perfect. Okay, so sometimes if there's another person that has a British accent, I will accidentally start speaking to them. It's hard not As if to. I also have a British it's accent. It's difficult not to. It's I'm a ha- really, really bad habit. I'm having a tough time not talking to you in a British accent with you talking like that. Yeah, it's almost like you're in a pub and uh, you're like wasted. You're like a British drunk person. You're feeling a little bit drunk at this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's one of the embarrassing... Oh my God, I just did French. Oh my God. It's like, it's literally terrible. Cause it's a little I bit m- embarrassing. I will mimic the accent. Do you do that too? <laughs> mimic the accent? Yeah, okay. Oh my God. I feel oh so my bad. God. It's terrible. I feel bad. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah, I feel bad. There was there was a super duper awesome girl who was a, a, a what do you call it? A, an exchange student. My, I want to say senior year. And her name was Mechtild. And she was, I think, German, a German exchange student. She was so goddamn cool. 
but she definitely had a, an accent that was very much like what you would expect from someone who speaks with a German accent. But she was fluent in English, of course, and I know nothing of her language. And she just put up with me. I not I couldn't help myself but talk to the same the way that she would when she talks to me and I would talk back. She was cool about it. She was super duper sweet and I wish I could get in touch with her now and be like, sorry I was a douche. You were really awesome. You know Hope what? Things are well. Think about it. Think about <laughs> us speaking French because yeah. di did you mention that we know each other from French class? Um, why don't we go ahead and do it now? We can do it in simultaneously. One, two, three. We know each other from French class. Oh, oh I didn't realize we were talking at the same time. I think we did. I think we did mention that. If the folk, for the folks listening out there, the way that Michelle and I met one another is that we bumped into each other kind of by our French learning classes at the same school, L'Alliance Française, which is a thing in St. Louis. You can look it up, L'Alliance Française or L'Alliance.org. Look it up. Uh, we were each taking classes as students around the same level, and our classes got merged because of just the, the way things go. And that's how we got to know one yeah. another. Yeah, and Dan wore shorts all the time. Yeah, because they're comfortable. Even in the winter. And it's cold in St. Louis. Yeah, the winter. <laughs> well, it's 78 degrees inside L'Alliance, <laughs> winter or summer. So my shorts came in gr in real handy. Anyway, so. Yeah, should I, tell, should I tell your listeners just like some of my first impressions? Yeah. Yeah. So no harm done. You you can't hurt my feelings. If you're if you're being honest and not being intentionally hurtful, tell them the worst. I mean, there, there's nothing terrible, but it's always interesting when you meet someone new. I don't know what y'all do when you meet someone new, but you kind of you kind of like look at them a little longer, notice their like um, actions and like how they speak and stuff. So what I noticed about Dan was that he sits up very straight, extremely straight in his shorts. And he speaks with like a very distinct cadence, both in English and in French, and uh, articulates the first syllable of every word he speaks in each language. That's why I noticed. Oh, and he tried really hard to speak like French as a French person, like with a French accent. That's what I noticed. Am I allowed to, can I jump back in now? Yeah. Please Wait, do. It's your show. What, try. <laughs> no, you're the star of the show. It I try tries really hard to speak French with a fraction. Oh, do you just mean in general that I yeah. like make an effort? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And I know it's a little bit dorky, but I always kind of had. The, it's not dorky. I mean, that's how they speak. I always had the idea of if I'm going to learn another language, I for so long I always felt this shame of like it, when you're in high school or middle school oh it's, it's the worst then like if you, you feel so stupid if you try really hard to speak with an accent it's like who is this dork you're gonna get made yeah. fun of so hard and I found and I realized I realized later on if I'm gonna try to learn this language I'm gonna try to learn to speak how they speak and if I'm scared to speak the way these people speak what am I even doing here and so I just kind of started putting my effort towards learning the not only the words and not only the words, but the yeah, the way it sounds. And, and honestly, so, and I was I kinda so got glad good at actually at learning the yeah. accent. You know, and I was glad you came to the class because I felt like we had a little bit of a problem before you came. There was a problem with a really bad American accent, which I'm sure uh, you picked up. A lot of people were speaking with a pretty strong American accent, and I don't know. I think it's nice when people are not doing that. Yeah, when somebody kind of pushes it a little mm -hmm. bit further. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, for some reason, I just overcame that. Whatever it was that got me around to, like, actually not being afraid to just go back to language learning in the first place years years ago, I 
I guess I made the choice if I'm going to go this far, I'm going to actually try to speak the language the way they sound. And it, and when you hear somebody unex, yeah, unexperienced, when you hear somebody in, are you ex, counting us as unexperienced? When you hear somebody inexperienced try to sound super duper French, it, it kind of sounds slobby. But it's like, well, what are we here for? Are we trying to learn how to speak French with a distinctly English accent? No, I'm trying to learn how to speak it. And they can't understand you good. with that. I want to learn anyway. to speak it the way they speak it. Mm-hmm. And so we're just going to be embarrassed, and we're going to do a poor job of it for years and years and years. And eventually, it's going to be good. And after a few years. You, you get people going, wow, you actually sound really good. And it's like, all right, well, I'm glad I tried that. But I definitely understand the fear and the the discomfort Isn't with the idea. Isn't that crazy? Like when you're in high school, you're just like terrified to actually well, sound authentically whatever that language is. It's so silly. Isn't it weird? Absolutely. But it's like you're not thinking about, oh, I wonder what's really going through your head. You're th- for me, it was I'm thinking about how I'm going to be made fun of by yeah. every other person in this room for trying to sound serious why are you yeah. taking it serious loser this is we're, we're supposed to be blowing it off we're supposed to be smoking weed and wearing our jinko jeans or like hey and that, listening to corn albums and you're really dating yourself dan <laughs> uh, myself yeah <laughs> i forgot you were so much younger than me That's no, right. no 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 i mean you're also date like you're i think like a year older than me are did you? you really think so i don't remember no 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 wasn't it like just days or something days okay so we're like the same age we didn't wear freaking jinko jeans you didn't wear jinko jeans no neither did i but it was that was the kind of the time right in middle school when was your first what was your first introduction to foreign language it must have been eighth or ninth grade freaking no i went to a very small grade school it was high school très petite uh, yeah, it was like 40 people in my class, all of grade school, because it was a private school, so you don't call it middle school. Ah, there's no middle school. Yeah, it's grade school. <laughs> well, for us, it was in, oh, I was with Monsieur Labbé, and he was, he okay. was terrific. I even wrote him, a, once I got comfortable with French, I wrote him a letter. I went and found his, he's got to be dead by now. He's just, he was an old man back then, and it's been 20 years, and, and I, <laughs> I wrote a big long letter to him like he was such a sweetheart that he he made me choose French over Spanish which arguably oh. arguably Spanish would be a much potentially a more useful language for people like us. I mean there's a lot of Spanish speakers in the United States and it's it's less likely to encounter a French speaker. Anyway, I just I kind of fell in love with French because he was such a fun and cool guy. He just made kids, young people. Mhm find it interesting because he was nice and so i wanted to say thanks to him for that and so i wrote a big letter to him found his address and sent it over and then realized oh he was probably mid to late 60s when i took the class no he was, wait then how did you find his address well i'm what i found was i found a so his name was jean paul or jean claude he was bona fide french he was real french oh okay and so in the in the white pages it was jp LeBay. And I'm pretty sure it was Jean-Paul Labay, or it might have been JC. You found his address in the white pages. Yeah, and it was super duper close to where the school was located. So I looked up all the Labay that were that were near the area, and there this one was with initials JC Jean-Claude. I think was his name. Why didn't you call the school? Um, that just feels awkward and weird. Doesn't that feel like school shooter type of shit? I don't know. I just wanted to keep a distance from any sort of weird. Shit. Why didn't I just walk up into his classroom? You can't do that. Yeah. Like, why didn't where, you? I would have done it. What? Uh, <laughs> I visited my old teachers all the time. 
oh, I don't think you can do that. Can you just march in? I have dreams constantly about being in my old middle school and curious about stuff. It's like, you can't just walk in, dude. That's, they have you, you like, can. they have lockdown situations. I mean, you and have like to like give your information rifles. and like sign a form. Oh, and you mean like, you, you go in and like follow protocol as a visitor. Yeah. yeah. You wear I a would, sticker. I wouldn't be against that, but this motherfucker's 90 now. And even if he still does exist, he wouldn't have been going. I don't know. Maybe I was, maybe I was. Dan, a, you have to know if he's alive I now. might have been. Do you have a copy of the letter? <sighs> It would certainly still be on my computer. I mean, I could find it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to see if he's I still alive. Go find he needs Monsieur to Labbé. know. Je suis très... This is such a great adventure. Oh my gosh, you're right. And yeah. you'll never regret it because I had a similar yeah. teacher situation with an English teacher that I had in high school. It was high school, not. And you English. always thought I was an English teacher, but I'm actually German. Oh, oh yeah, you're so German. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, she was great, and she told at what me, level English teacher at what age level freshman year of high school? So you were 12, 13, 14? I think in high school you're 14. What was your what was it that that bonded you so closely with this teacher? So she told me that when I was older, I should reread Jane Eyre and I would love it. And I hated the book in high school, it was super dry, and I reread it later in life, and I loved it, Dan. Wow. Fucking loved it. So what exactly did you love about it? Dan, it's pretty simple. I loved the love story. And I was too young at 14 to understand the intricacies of a really good love story. Are you a big romantic, would you say? Hopeless. Hopelessly so. Oh, not um, hopeless. Oh, not... yeah. Though I, yeah, I just really loved the Jane Eyre love story. It's super subtle. I think you have to be older to understand some of the subtleties to it and like the hyper, you know, I don't know, romance of it all. Were you pretty excited about the fact that when you, you, you read it as a kid, didn't really, didn't, uh, as a younger person, didn't, weren't crazy about it, but then revisited that same story a little bit later in life and had a very, very different take on the whole thing. Felt emotionally felt very, very different about the whole thing. Like you notice different nuances you notice different uh different elements of the story totally yeah and i could place myself in the book as an adult which you know it's kind of an adult which novel. person would you be which one which character i mean i don't know if you really want to be jane Eyre. like she's super smart but she's also homely you've never read it so you don't know but she's a homely character but i guess you know if i want a big romantic love story you know, she's very smart and educated. She's a um, teacher, basically, like the teacher of the day, like a private tutor, kind of a governess, as they called them. But that's pretty. Have we digressed. That well, no, I don't think we digressed at all. Oh, okay. I, I find it. I think no. I think that's exciting. I want to learn about what excites you about. So, Michelle, you're a person that I find very interesting, and I'm. I want to learn about what excites you about the particular stories that you're really into and yeah so you got off on telling me a little bit about uh why jane Eyre is a great story for you <laughs> it's great yeah i can tell you in return why it's not a great story for me oh why well okay so the only time all right well let me where do is we it because it's a love story and you're a man where do we begin <sighs> you think men are incapable of enjoying love and the stories thereof 
No. I love love stories. I have a wife. I love my wife very much. And you, you don't think that I like the stories? Do you choose a romance movie over an action thriller? Man, fuck no. Because romance movies. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's just more. Somehow it's like more intriguing. Um, at I least wouldn't to say me. that. I said that to perpetuate the joke. But the pro- the correct answer might still be no. I, I I don't know. I mean, like some movies are stupid. It could be that like the the particular movies that get produced for a certain quote unquote like genre or for a certain audience in a certain they they follow a kind of a template because that's what those type of people kind of want. I don't know. It's not like action movies are good movies. It's not like romance movies are good. None of these are good movies. They're all just for like. They're 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 all made for people that aren't trying to spend too much mental energy thinking about what it is they're watching. They just want to watch something fun and enjoy themselves for a couple of hours while they're uh, you know thinking about how to not have to have custody of their kids for the next couple of days or what. I don't know. Man. Have you noticed that uh, mainstream movie love or random book love, even and including Jane Eyre, is not healthy? Like good love, like good, hearty, lasting love is boring. What do you mean? It's in, not exciting. It's mean, not like, it's not like thrilling endorphins. You mean in literature, it's no longer like well, well, it's well received. No, I'm just saying like the, what people want to read is the like beginning phases of love. That like I can't think. What what am I trying to say, Dan? Well, make up a what fake. What is it called? What you? Oh, you're talking about the honeymoon phase. But yes, kind of. But there's another up a, word for this. It's you like have to infatuation. Make, infatuation. Oh, That's all people want. But you have to come up with different different sort of uh, accent that you can say it in that our listeners are going to love very much. I don't. What is your I, favorite I, accent to say? Okay. Um. Come on. Infatuation. Oh, she's got a little bit of a British man. I went back to that. It was my default. I don't Infatuate, know. But she's really good at it, I, wouldn't you say? I just, I didn't know what to say. Oi, or listeners out there, if you don't like what she's doing right now, that's okay. But just write in to our, uh, we've got like an email. Well, it's <laughs> like in over my head at protonmail.com. Send whatever you want. You can say all the mean things that you want about her. Like, I love her. I think she's great. If you want to say mean things, that's okay. Like, you know, I mean, she's got a tough skin. She, she, you know, but like, say what you want. But okay, this is the accent that we're going with. And I'm in full support of that. But like, that being the case, let's go forward with that. Perfect. She's like, that's absolutely perfect, you dumb asshole. You I like stupid it. Stupid accent sounds like shit. You fucking, I know. No, no. Wait, it what was we, actually really good. Wait, so what is it? We were ex- talking about love and but, how I love love and you, then how love is portrayed. But I as, thought we was doing like, a different sort of thing right now. Oh, well, we were doing it. You were talking in an accent about love, but then you got infatuated with the accent. It became too much, you're saying. Like, no, no. I'm just saying you lost yourself in it. Okay. I'm back. Hey, <laughs> Michelle. Hi, Dan. I'm back. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming me back Thank to my own. Thank you for having right. me. And what were we talking about again? Thanks, Love. thanks for Love. keeping it. Love. Oh, what a terrific topic. Um. Yes, I love love, and I actually am a wedding photographer because I love love so much. 
is is that why you became now for the folks out there listening one of the other ways that Michelle and I know one another aside from being actually colleague or like uh, classmates in our French language learning class one of the other ways that we know one another is Michelle actually did mine and bears most recent Christmas like holiday photos where we put on our cute little sweaters and stuff and we went out into the cute little wilderness and did these cute little photos. I will point out Dan wanted to do none of my romantic poses. I loved so many of your we oh You poo pooed it. In the moment <laughs> in the moment you were all like, This feels weird, Michelle. And I'm like, but it's so romantic and you're like, it seems forced. And I'm like, Will you trust me? And then later you loved it. I I appreciate what you're saying. There was there were definitely situations, yeah, where I was like, ah, a little bit of this seems dorky. Like, I don't want to make it seem fake and forced and gross. Okay, you're right. Maybe I should have trusted you more and just gone a little bit easier with it. I mean, okay, maybe I was a tough guy. <laughs> um, either way, that's all in the past now. We had a great time. And your some, photos did actually look really good. The photos turned out amazing. I can't believe it. They turned out so good. And... Um, yeah, we were so happy with them. So we, what what me and the bear used to do, and everybody listening now is just like, bear, do you mean? Bear? Yes, the same bear. The bear that we all know as our my mysterious number one favorite listener. Yeah, that's bear. Turns out this whole time it was my wife. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it is his wife. I know. Yeah, I've been taking photos. We, we take cute ass photos every year. And we've been doing you so for like. You should that those are Christmas photos. <laughs> Well, they're holiday photos. Yeah. Thanksgiving slash Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this last particular year, has it only been one? Yeah, I think so. This think last year we met we met my friend Michelle, who you guys have been listening to and talking to and hanging out with for the last... However long. 43 minutes. And yeah, she was out there. She's turns out Michelle, I, I forgot. You guys don't realize this. Michelle is a... a, a professional photographer she took our photos last year they were way better than they ever were before and i didn't know why and i realized oh my gosh for nine years we've been doing it at walmart or jc penny big difference and this time we had michelle do them for us in the middle of and they were so pretty i have a couple actually hanging on my wall and the others that we they're like in on cd-rom disc drives hiding somewhere in a in a file cabinet either way Michelle, did we forget to tell our listeners that you are actually also a like a highly regarded, highly uh, regarded professional listeners photographer? Extremely highly. Not only a photographer of like the obvious things like wedding events and and big events like that, but you also do like um uh like what what Bear and I did like uh, small mini sessions. Yeah, little mini sessions mm-hmm. like that. How many? How long have you been doing that, professional photography? So I've been doing it for about 10 years. When I realized I didn't want to architect anymore, I was like, holy shit, what am I going to do? And I had a bunch of friends getting married at the time, and I just became totally obsessed with the idea of like owning my own business, setting my own schedule, doing something that was still creative and still, you know, having to use negative space. And Did stuff you like that. have a lot of experience as taking photographs at that time, or was were you just like, I want to do something that interacts with my friends. I want to do something that's not fucking connected to a corporate anything. 
and you're like, fuck it, I guess camera's the way to go? Or did you already kind of have a tie to some ability to like sort of take and develop and process digital images, that kind of thing? Yeah, no, I had zero experience and I just went into a camera shop and I bought a camera and I listened to some like classes online and I just did it. I'm a fake it till you make it type person. So I just literally and I shit you not showed up at my friend's weddings as a guest and took photos like I was their photographer. I'm not kidding you. That's well, like how I, I, I practice. You. That, yeah. I, don't, I just don't believe how goddamn cool you are. I believe you, absolutely. Yeah. But, wh- <laughs> oh my God. So you showed up and you're like, listen, I'm going to do this thing. If you don't like them, throw them away. Yeah. I, like some of them I didn't even give to them. It was just for my own. Pro- like I'm photographing centerpieces like someone paid yeah, me to do it. And, sure. and nobody paid me to do it, Dan. I was It was a free gesture. <sighs> Unnecessary. And then I'm like on the dance floor taking photos and like, you know, there's some parts of the wedding day that a, a guest can't photograph. And as a photographer, I would be my own worst nightmare because I was like all in their business and stuff. But that's how I was practicing and just seeing if I liked it. And when I got feedback from the people whose photos I gave, they were like, oh, this looks really good. And I like this. And so then I made my friends dress up. Like, hey, put on your wedding dress again. Let's go to a park and take photos. Would you want, Michelle, would you want me to put on my dress, my wedding dress right now to do that for you? I mean, I I would consider it. So if this was Michelle back in the day, yeah. she would be all about it. The Michelle now. I'll think about she, it. She only works a couple weddings a year. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, hey, not are you like that, more than are you two. That, are you that popular now that you can kind of basically tell people no? You're just like, meh. Ah. I am getting to that stage, yes. So I only do a certain number of weddings a year, and um, yeah, I value my free time. But when I was starting, I was like so excited to learn everything, and I spent like way too much time doing it. But now I'm like, okay, there needs to be a balance. I need to have a life. So I do weddings, and I love them, but I also love not doing them and my life. So fucking cool. Oh my God! Hey, while we're here, while we're talking about it, why why don't you go ahead and shout out? Uh, can you shout out like your Instagram? Shout out your what 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 do you got? Sure. What's your socials? So you can find me on Instagram at Michelle Marie Photography, um, and photography Dan is spelled the French way. Would you like to tell your listeners how you spell photography? Oh sure, of course. Yeah, photography P H O T O G R A P H I E photography the way everybody knows how to spell it right yeah it's just photography normal except at the end it's an ie instead of y oh and michelle has two l's and that's really important it is important to get those l's right i mean yeah, there like is, two of them not uh, one <laughs> there's a lot of people out there with a single l in the michelle name well get it right uh is there nothing else we can tell our listeners about your should we share with them in some capacity what you i mean the the pictures you took of me and the bear we were so psyched about maybe we could put some of those on to um uh, somehow out on the uh on our website to, for sure. people to look at you know? sure feel free that would be great all right i will say i'm not super active on social media because um i just am more about my life and meeting with clients and I'm pretty like heavily focused on interactions with them. So, uh, but I love to share things online. So please do. Oh my God. Michelle, I'm, 
I'm almost sickened by how awesome I find you to be. Um, Dan, thank you. That's it's so nice. Difficult. She's like, I want you to be sick. Uh, I don't. No, I'm, no, don't, don't be sick. It's difficult for me to make sense out of how awesome you are. But I'm so goddamn uh, appreciative of you for coming and hanging out here. My wife loves you. I love you. I'm so happy to make dinner for you and have you over for the. It was a evening. good dinner. And <laughs> and so happy to have you here. Before we. Before we conclude, we do have to do one thing, which has become kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of a mainstay okay. on the show, and that is we got to check and make sure that we don't have any listener emails that need to okay. be resolved. Now, if there are listener emails, well, okay. I'm going to need you to help me resolve them. So okay. let's take a quick look and see what we've got here. Oh dear God, we've got multiple. Wow. Oh my God. All right, let's start from the beginning. At the bottom, we've got an, a listener email from one person called, oh, it's the bear, our favorite, <laughs> our favorite listener, our number one listener. We finally <laughs> figured out who she was. Turns out it's my wife. Wow. How awesome is that? All right. Let's see what bear has to say. She says, hi, Le Bear here. She knows it's French. Yeah. That's French for bear. She's absolutely right. I've had some questions that I need help answering and wondering if you and Michelle could help me answer. Of course we can, Bear. I'm so glad you asked. All right. She goes on. If you were stranded <laughs> if you were stranded on an island and could only she says being, but she meant to say could only bring three <laughs> things, what would they be? <laughs> okay. Um Oh, no, she says, why would it not be a jet ski, a dog, and a phone? Why would it not be a jet ski, a why dog, and a phone? Why would it not be that that triplet of things, a jet ski, a dog, and a phone? Well, because the dog's going to die. The jet ski's going to run out of fuel. The phone has no batteries. I mean, I Wow, Dan, those were amazing answers. What? I was about to say okay. I, wasn't, I wasn't sure about the dog. I feel like a dog would be kind of awesome to have a friend on a desert island. Well, is there any certainty that you're going to have an ability to feed that thing and keep it from like a torturous death? I mean, if it's just think about starving to death. Dan, if the dog is starving, I'm starving too. You're going to starve together? That's I'm, your I'm goal. Ju I'm just saying like we would be together. So, oh and God, and I would try to I would try to feed the dog little bugs or something. <laughs> little bugs. I mean, that's what we'd be eating. We're on a desert island. That's true. And she said, okay, why wouldn't I take a phone? <laughs> why I wouldn't you go with, why wouldn't you go with the following combination? That being jet ski, dog, and phone. Okay. Again, these are great things that she said not, I would bring. Those aren't bad ideas of things yeah, to bring, Yeah, I guess, right? I guess, I mean, there's no one to jet ski with. <laughs> so right. you know more like a letdown that's like a jet kind of, yeah. letdown ski yeah and i mean honestly it could be useful to get to different parts of the island but she's saying why wouldn't i bring it so my reason for give, not give, give reasons it, to not bring my reason for not bringing it would be i'd have no one to jet ski with oh. so it'd be kind of sad oh. and then the phone uh if i had to pick a reason why not to bring a phone maybe it would make me sad that i couldn't mindlessly scroll through instagram because I wouldn't have service. It would just like remind me of all the pointless ads I'm not listening to. Dude, what if you're what if you're what if you're homeboy? What if you're buddy? What if we got here's what I'm imagining. We ended up on the same island together and I would feel so sad for you that you couldn't mindlessly scroll through Instagram. I would make I would somehow find a way with coconuts to like make a like some sort of a DOS server and I would 
connect into whatever bullshit uh, connections your silly iPhone has. I would make new websites and I would have them say funny things, even though you still can't even like log into like to see like Kim Kardashian's butt cheek exploded and all the juice. Then fell that's out. not what I look at on Instagram. It would whatever it is you're looking for, you wouldn't be able to find it. But I would try to put nice and funny things on there for you. You know. I, okay, in that case, maybe it would be nice to have a phone. But if no. we were on a desert island, I'd try to use that server to escape. <laughs> so what, and, Thank you. <laughs> and go, oh, good, 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 because I want to escape too. Remember, I'm stuck there too. So is the bear. Where are we going? Where are we heading? You guys would be great people to be stuck with. <laughs> yeah, because A, you like to cook things. I'm sure, sure. that would translate to island well, bugs. But I need things to cook. I can't cook bugs. Dirt. I can't cook rocks. Bugs and coconuts. Give me bugs. You got bugs? Yeah. And Are you out hunting for bugs and bringing back shipments of bugs? Well, if we're going like prehistoric times, <laughs> we would have to tap into. We're not, though. No, we are. We're on a desert island. Okay. We're freaking prehistoric. Okay. I would have to tap into hunter and gatherer skills that is maybe buried very deeply into my DNA. Do you trust that those skills do lie within you and somewhere? I mean, this is a life or death situation. So I would have to make them appear. Or, yeah, yeah, so. I knew you could. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you could. I always knew you were good for it. Yeah, that was a good question from your listener. Very good question. Yeah, my goodness. Thank you so much um, for the question from whoever Christina.m.bear is. Thank you. For that. <laughs> <laughs> it's my wife. Lol, it's my wife. All right, let's have a look. Oh, my gosh. Hey, this is someone that we both know because she was a part of our French class. For okay. A period of time. It's Shell Talby. That's her. Um, she uses um, a pen name. Oh, oftentimes, but you know the name. I mean, you can see the her actual name, right? Oh, uh-huh. yeah, I can yeah. see her name. She uses the pen name, so shall tell. Hey, shall welcome and uh, shout outs to you. Let's see what she has to say. She says, "Bonjour, Michel." She says, "Oh, that is very French of her to say that." Elles sont très heureux de vous voyer. Um, oh my gosh, no apostrophe. All right, we're gonna just power through it. I'm gonna do some on the. Here we go. J'étais heureux quand Dan. Oh, Ma... she, did she write it in French? Oui, bien sûr. Oh, okay. J'étais heureux quand Dan m'a dit que tu... That's me. ...seras sur le podcast. Malheureusement, je ne pratique plus le français. Le français, c'est bon. Donc, désolé, si tu ne comprends pas ces phases, j'ai deux questions pour Dan et toi. Okay. So what is it? Et pour les, oh, for our audience members who don't maybe necessarily fuck around with the French too much, I think yeah. what, what Sheltavia was saying is that she's excited to have Michelle on the pod. And she said, well, sadly, she hasn't messed around with the French too much lately. And I think that's because she's been working on some other skills that she's. Yeah. She's, she's killing it in the workforce. Definitely looking. Yeah. Definitely looking at killing it and, and, and developing some other skills. She says, but. She's got two questions that she needs us to look at, and we're going to do that for her. So let's see. First question here. Let me read. Let's see. Malheureusement, je ne pratique plus le français. Très bien. Donc, désolé. J'ai deux questions. Très bien. Est-ce que vous prêtez pour le DELF examen? Pour moi, non. Uh, she asks, are you ready for the DELF exam? Now, this is something that Michelle and I have talked about a little bit, even on this podcast. Michelle 
How ready do you think you are? Yeah. So just a reminder, the Delph exam is like international language test for French. Right. And I would say I'm not, I'm not ready, Dan. I'm just not. I'm trying so hard. I'm practicing my buns off, but um, it's hard to speak another language. And think of, think of how many years we spent in school learning how to read and like expanding our vocabulary. Minimum of eight years if you didn't go to high school. And if you went to high school, that's 12. So I am currently at a third grade or fourth grade level. Um, and I used to be a second grade, so that's an improvement. But um, yeah, I have a lot of work to do. I'm going to be cramming. Well, that's all right. I mean, that's I. But you've made vast improvements over the last couple. Of I years. went a yeah. whole grade, so I. No doubt. I consider that. What if you? Uh, what would you think about Michelle? Would you think about like um, like? Have you signed up already for the Delph exam this coming winter? I've signed up. They've cashed my check. So it's official. Yeah. For better or for worse, I will be slandering the French language December 7th. (laughs) The the French language thanks you very much for your, uh, for your, for your check. Yeah. Yeah. And so hopefully I pass. I only have to get a 50%. So that's pretty much the best percentage ever. That is how, kind of how the, how the Delph exam works, right? Is like you you need to be able to get some certain amount of questions correct per section. There's like typically there's four sections. Each one's like an hour or something, depending on your level. And you got to get a minimum of half the points per session. Do you know more about it than I do? I haven't looked super deep into it. Dan, you know all that I know. That is okay. what I also know Shit. about it. And I'm okay with a 50%. Damn. I just need to pass that. There's no overachieving happening. Oh, that's right. You have a very functional reason for needing to to get this certification. Yes, and I won't need to be on. using my French until about, I don't know, eight months after December. So I feel pretty good about it. I'm, so, I'm okay with a 50%. And so everyone out there, send me lots of good vibes. Whoa, dude, you can send those vibes to Michelle Marie, photography with an IE. Oh, yeah, good job, Dan. At gmail.com. You spelled it so good. At gmail.com. Or you can send any of those things to in over my head at protonmail.com. Why is it protonmail? Actually, I was about to ask you. I'm so sorry. I bet that, other people do too. I have no idea. I don't know. Some. Uh, that, uh, I trusted a person that said you need a new email address so that you can stop using your own personal email address. I'm like, that seems like a good idea. He's like, why don't you get a Proton mail address? I was like, I don't know. So I got one. And that's my fuck. It's kind of cool. Yours are both so adorable. And they're both Gmail. It's better than Yahoo. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous of your Gmail addresses. Um, Okay. So what are we doing in the meantime? She has one more question. And I, what the heck is it? I'm excited. (sighs) Let's have a look. <clears throat> I've briefly glanced at it and I'm slightly terrified. But est-ce que vous prêtez pour le Delphi examen pour les nous? That was the first question. No, la réponse c'est non. Oh, What? Dan, I cannot speak French. Do you think we're both probably not ready for the Delphi, bro? I think I could get a fifty percent. I am sure you could get a seventy percent. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. Oh my God, Michelle. You're yeah, so your nice. listening skills are really like good. I think that would help you a lot. Je I'm I'm a little bit behind on my listening. Uh, all right. So the 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 final question from our good friend here was uh, Merci pour les réponses. That's not a question. So I think we can just take it at that, right? 
She just said thanks, right? I think you're right. Or were you were you hoping for another question? There's a possibility because we do have it over here. She said in the English. Oh, let's have a look. Oh, did she send you an English version? Yeah, she was so cool. Oh my gosh, that she is said, sweet. Just to make sure, you, just to make sure that Dan didn't fuck it up too bad, which I'm very much liable to do. She goes English translation. Good day, Michelle. Bonjour, Michelle. Je suis trop Je suis trop heureux pour avoir pour vous avoir. I was happy when Dan told me you'll be on the podcast. Yeah. Yay! Unfortunately, I have not been practicing French. Well, she's been busy with other things, and I respect that. So sorry if you don't understand what I'm saying. That's okay. You're doing your best, and you're doing a very good job. So thank you. I have two questions for Dan and you. Are y'all, you plural, ready for the Delph? No, we aren't. And how much... <laughs> there it is. What's our second question? Well, you know what it is. Combien de bois? Let's see. Are you going to read it in French? Combien de bois une marmotte pourrait-elle mandriner si une marmotte pouvait mandriner du bois? That's très bien. C'était. Do you want me to say it in English? C'était trop trop bien. For the listeners. Si tu veux, bien sûr. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if, in fact, a woodchuck could chuck wood? So she's asking us right now. What a terrific. What a terrific. And um, that's a that's one of those philosophical questions mm. that often goes unanswered. Mm. It's really nice that she brought that up for us today. I thought so too. Yeah, and I you know, I've spent so much time thinking about this particular question. Um, I'm going to say at least one day's worth of wood. Like one like it has to feed itself. So whatever it normally eats in a day, it would, um, that's how much wood it would eat. I appreciate that answer. I like that answer. It, it, because it lines up nicely. Whatever it, sustains it, it needs. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you would think that there maybe there's like, um, that there's like an inherent uh, drive for any particular individual of a species to sort of produce some proportion of what it itself needs to, to subsist in a given period of time and you're like well if this animal knows it needs such and such amount to to not die for this period of time yeah well that's what it will sort of feel driven to provide and if it's able to provide that very quickly maybe it'll kind of cool down exactly after or or would it continue to and let's be real dan wood sure doesn't taste good there's no sugar in wood there's no <sighs> added gotcha. salts there's no added fats. It's not going to want to eat what more I, wood than it I needs to eat. Is Mick, the only thing I want to eat is Mick Wood, that Mick Wood Chucks Wood Mick, Mick Chuck. I, what I want is... Um, Dan, no, no, no. It's all about Little Debbie. Well, Yeah. I would take a Mick Debbie <laughs> Wood uh, yeah. something okay. over a Mick straight make oh, dear christ okay so let's see what do we got here what, where do we start um how much wood get a bunch oh my god jesus christ i can't even help um, what would you say dan how much wood do you think would how much chuck? wood would a wood chuck chuck my my thought would be well depends on like <sighs> what are the other circumstances that this woodchuck is undergoing like is he thirsty is he hungry is he what is he malnutrition good point if he's thirsty he's probably not gonna eat that much 
Because the wood would be very drying. Exactly, right? So yeah. first things first, even if you just dump a bunch of food under the woodchuck's nose and he's starving, well, he's hungry, why is he not eating? It's like, well, it's shit. He doesn't have the energy. Well, Christ. You know, what if he doesn't have his inoculations? Like, did we give him his COVID vaccines and all that kind of... But the, mostly it would just be like, can we get you some saline, like a saline drip or something to get you back up to like a, a situation where you're actually not... So you're saying you can't answer the question because you don't know the statistics, the health statistics no, of the I've, woodchuck. No, I've heard. No, no, no. Now I'm feeling cornered. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Let me back away. <laughs> Let me give you your full space. Okay. To okay. really <sighs> just become one Jesus with Christ. the woodchuck. Oh, my God. I just felt so cornered there, guys. Did anybody else feel that way or was it just me? I know, right? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Now I'm feeling better. Okay. Okay. Um, My eyes are closed. You can't see this, but I'm closing them to give you even more space. I can, I can totally see it. Oh, yeah, he can see it. And what's the question that I'm answering? You're supposed to answer how much wood would the woodchuck chuck? The woodchuck could chuck. Um, oh, gosh. I, now I almost feel bad because I know the exact answer, and I don't want to kill anybody's. Okay. Oh, what is it? Oh, well, what? Oh the, answer, oh, the answer is per, okay, per woodchuck, it's going to be three point. Well, it's between 3.7 and 3.9 uh, ounces of wood per woodchuck per day. Oh, have you looked this up before? Oh, no. I did my own experimentation. I yeah, I, I brought my own woodchucks out on leashes. Oh, you're joking. Yeah, and I let them out. On, wait, what? Um, Dan, is a woodchuck a beaver? Um, Is a, uh, is a beaver a shut the fuck up? No, I'm, I'm actually serious. Is a woodchuck a beaver? Really good question. Um... I think I have seen. I think I've seen it. Do you know the answer already? No. I've seen animals, and I don't know either. I guess I've seen animals that are definitely what my friends have called woodchucks. They're super duper cute. They're little fluff balls. Okay. And they have little nails on the end of their little. They have like mm-hmm. little claws or whatever, but they're mostly pretty cute. And they don't have big giant teeth. They're just little fluff balls with a little cute little fluff face, and they have their cute little fluff claws, but mostly just a ball. And I've heard those referred to as woodchucks. Okay, so then beaver has big teeth, probably more substantial arms and claws, right? Okay, so you're saying basically the long answer to my question is no, they're not. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> oh, shit, I'm giving you a really boring answer. Okay, um, I don't think that a woodchuck and beaver are identical. Okay. I don't think I'm gonna, so. I'm going to look into that. Woodchuck, too soft I've and cute. I've been inspired. Beaver, too, like, they have too much to do. They have, like, a whole job to do. Woodchucks, as far as I know them, are just, like, rolling around in the grass being cute. Beavers, okay. they're like, we got shit to build. Wow. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, listener, for inspiring this tantalizing discussion. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't, yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, I couldn't do better. I pretty much suck at answering questions. Michelle has been I thought, awesome. I thought you did a great job, Dan. Oh, Jesus. Well, thanks. Okay, maybe I don't suck as bad as I thought. Yeah. Between, I tell you what, between me and you, maybe we're actually not too bad. We're a team. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, we awesome. like tackled that question together. That's awesome. Uh, well, thanks for the help. Um, and thanks, by the way, to our to our uh, avid listeners sending out these cool-ass questions. That was fun. Yeah. We fucked with it. Um, let's hear. We got one more here. And I'm pretty sure what? this one. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. I'm pretty sure this one is probably just going to be like, here's your, <laughs> here's your, here's your, uh, your receipt from how you paid for having to actually have us 
send your piece of shit podcast out to Spotify each week. Yeah, they charge me 19 bucks. Yeah, that's right. Every month I get charged $19. And the world is a better place because of it. And the world thanks me profusely. I thank you profusely. <laughs> thank you for having me, Dan. Oh, my Christ. Michelle, you've in been... In your head. I, in your head or in head? No, in mm, head. No, keep keep working it. You'll get there. In my head. In over. Mother poo. Yeah, it's a little slash symbol. It's a little like fraction symbol. It's meant to be like, you know, remember how you would do in class where the, sometimes in a single line you would just use that slash symbol to mean uh-huh. like the fraction? One half, one, and the forward slash two. Okay. The slash means over like a fraction. Okay, so in over my head. Bingo. Okay, so that's the equi- that's the equivalent of someone being named Ladasha, and you have to pronounce the dash. I hear you. You would. I hear you. Wow. No. It's well, not, thanks for having it's me. Not, it's not that bad. <laughs> Dan, I don't know how you ended. Michelle, you're one of the coolest people I've ever known, and I'm so lucky to have you have agreed to come onto this thing. I know it's a little bit absurd. I know you've pointed that out, and that's okay. And I thank you for pointing that. I out. did you're, not point out that it's you're absurd. You're keeping me. You're keeping me on my toes, and I appreciate that. I. I look forward to all the times that we get to hang out together. And most of all, I look forward to the next time that I get to have you maybe on this podcast again. But most importantly, let me say this without any questioning behind it. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you, Dan, for having me. This was so much fun. You're awesome. Uh, uh, Is there anything else that you might want to say out to the people? You got one more chance. You can close it out for us if you want. I hope everyone has a lovely night and... Gets to pet an orange fat cat tomorrow or tonight. I can't think of anything nicer to say to the folks. Michelle, you're amazing and awesome. Thanks for being on. Thanks for being here. I can't wait to see you again. Um, and uh, Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs>